Kales. And I'm Allison. And this is YWYA. Welcome guys to YWYA, a podcast for readers. We're so happy to have you guys here with us today. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Uh, we basically talk about YA books and why they're important and fangirl and discuss all sorts of knowledge with young adult books and literature. Um, uh, you're two quote-unquote experts here. Um, I know. We're just fans. It's totally fine. We just read obsessively and it's kind of bad. Um, but I'm Kales. I'm a booktuber and a bookseller. And this is my co-host, Allison. I'm Allison. I'm a librarian and a general enthusiast. Yes. So we think we know what we're talking about. Um, this is episode 18, stuff. right? Yeah, it was supposed to be episode 17, but Allison didn't finish the book in time. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> no worries here. Do you know that we've, um, in come May, we'll have been doing this a year? That's kind of crazy. Yeah, just, I mean, I know we started out slower, um, because now we've gone to weekly. Yeah, um, well, and we kind of took a little bit of a brain hiatus for a couple months there. Yeah, but that's, what, I mean, year. like, from this, when this idea started, um, it's pretty cool just to think about. Yeah, it's awesome. Yay! So, yay, we committed to things! Commitment! Woohoo! <laughs> Um, but that being said, so once a month, we started this thing in 2018 where we're doing our buddy reads, and you can always look on our Goodreads channel, um, because we have social media now! Yay! Dedicated social media! Woohoo! So you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Goodreads, um, and on our website, as always, at yweya.weebly.com. Yweya is our handle for everything, which is really nice that nobody has that, so we've taken it. Um, and so, yeah, you can go look in our Goodreads and see what our buddy reads are. And this month, we read Tamora Pierce's Tempest and Slaughter, which that title I've been messing up for at least, like, three months now. I keep adding a bunch of thes to it. And S's. I think it's, like, <laughs> Tempests and Slaughters, or The, the Tempest, Tempest and, and the, the Slaughter. slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not right. It's Tempests and Slaughter. Um, so Tamora Pierce is one of our favorite authors. I'm gonna let Allison talk about it, because she was the one who kind of reintroduced me to the fabulousness that is... Tamora Pierce. Yeah, so Tamora Pierce is one of my, like, early adolescent all-time favorite authors and also adulthood all-time favorite authors, um, mostly because all of her characters are kick-ass ladies. They're and amazing. They're just super amazing, and her world and magic system are super fun. So this is the first book she's put out in, like, five or seven years or something, something like, like that. that. Um... And so we were incredibly excited for it. We went and saw her on release day, and it was awesome. It was amazing. It was and Allison's birthday, and we took her to this really cool, like, Dungeons & Dragons restaurant um, up in uh, a city close to here, and then we took her to see Tamora Pierce, which was awesome. And she... My favorite moment, I think, was when she explained her tattoos. Yeah. And we were with our friend Kelsey, who listens to the show, so hi, Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey! Thanks for hanging out with us. Yes, we're um, so excited. She talked about her tattoos. She was amazing. Um, we all cried, like, more than once yes. when she was talking. And She signed our books in a purple pen. She signed our books, and she wrote happy birthday in one of mine, which made me cry again. And... You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't tell her it was my birthday, and then Kelsey was like, by the way, it's her birthday. So we got the book, and we decided to make it our buddy read this month, and we were very excited to read it. And now we're kind of sad. It's a little sad. <laughs> so, obviously, spoilers for Tempest and Slaughter. Big spoilers. Big spoilers. We we do our reviews full-on honesty. Uh, but if you don't care about spoilers, like Allison and I don't, we're one of those few, and that's going to be an upcoming episode later about why we don't care about spoilers, we um, encourage you to continue listening. Or if you've read it. Or if you've read it, which is even better, <laughs> then you can uh, discuss with us what you think. Yeah, and how you think we're 
right on or totally wrong. Yeah, because I think the overall sense was disappointment because we discovered our ratings were the same. What do we rate this, Allison? We gave this, we both gave this book three stars. And so that means a little bit different for us. You can go back and listen to our ratings episode where we talk about how Allison and I rate books. I tend to be a little harsher than Allison does, um, but three stars in our book is, it's not stellar. Three stars is like, I liked it. Like, maybe, quite like, it was Question fine. Question mark? Like, it was good. Like, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. But I had very high expectations for this book because it's my, one of my favorite authors. And it's, so Tempest and the Slaughter is, Tempest and Slaughter, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get that name it's right. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> Tempest and Slaughter is about, um, Numair, who is the wizard, he's like the most prestigious mage in all of Tortal in some of the later books that Tamora writes. Um, and so this is kind of like his backstory. It's his, his prequel and it's a trilogy. It's planned to be a trilogy. So this is the first book and it, it spans the time when he's from when he's 10 to when he's 14? Question mark? It's very hard to tell. Yeah. I did look as when I finished, I looked at the years and I think those years are correct. He might have turned 15, but they never celebrate birthdays. So it's very confusing for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And Unlike when her heroines come of age, those I felt like were more um, mile markers for them, um, and so it was easier to tell what age they were of, like, when they got their period or when they started becoming sexually active or, you know, grew boobs. Right. Because they had to, especially had for Alana. Or crush. Yeah, Alana especially had to hide that more so, and um, Numer... Or as he's called he's, in this uh, book. Aram Draper is his actual name yeah. in the book. Because so when he becomes a full-fledged mage, he changes his name to Numair. So uh, if we refer to him as Numair, just know that we're talking about Aram. Yes. I... Yeah, my overall sense of the book was the same thing. I... It took me a while to read this one. Oh, it's so long. It was a long time. I think it took me like 15 days, which is way above average for me. Yeah, and I think I took... And I was trying because I was late to the party here. I needed to finish it so we could record this episode. I think it took me almost two full weeks. And I don't know why that was. Because it, it followed the same formula that Tamora Pierce normally feels. Like, this very much felt like the first and second books of Alana or the first book of... First and second book of um, Kel. Kel's story. Yeah. I was like, not Dane. Of Kel's story. You know, it, it follows her formula... But it felt like the first two books combined into one. And it was just too long, I think. I think it was really long. Um, and I, my biggest struggle with this one was, I was like, there's no climax. Like, right. There was nothing that happened. I felt like the book got chopped. Like, the last 60 pages of the book just got erased or something. Because there was no build-up to anything. And I thought once the murder had happened, we were gonna get somewhere. Right. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, something's happening. And then nothing. No, and then nothing came of it. Right. And I was, and just to talk about the murder and Fozzie for a second, Fozzie is the woman who was murdered. Yeah. We never find out who does it. Nope. Arm is not that sad. No. Like, he is, like, really attached to this person, and then he, like, just doesn't express much emotion about what happens. And... I was really disappointed with that because I feel like he would have. Like, he's a very, in in the in the book, he's a very sensitive person. He's yeah. very kind of in tune with how he feels, I feel. And he just kind of was like, wow, like, that really sucks. But, like, this woman that he knew and idolized cut 
murdered and he discovered her body and at he, the bottom of the river surrounded he, by like black like nobody ever is supposed to find that yeah, yeah and he doesn't react really you know and, but i wonder i'm curious though because i always thought of when i read new mayor in in the wild magic quartet when i first discovered new mayor he always reminded me of like mr darcy of more uh, of a reserved man i think it's interesting that you say that he's very tuned into his feelings because I actually feel the opposite. I actually feel like that he's very socially awkward and is very, um, kind of hits a wall when it comes to people socially and emotions and he's very driven. And I always, like I said, I remember the moment when he like admits to Dane that he's in love with her, but there's the age difference, which also I read Tortal's a spy guide. And I always thought that that was like 13, 15 years. It's actually only seven. And I was like, Oh wait, really? Yeah. He's 20. She's 13. He's 20 in those books? Uh-huh. I thought he was, like, 30. That's what I thought, too, but I read Tortal's The Spy Guide, and he's only 20. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. I know, right? That it changes gap, your whole thing. That age gap feels way grosser in the books. I know, <laughs> it does. First. It does, but he's 20, she's 13. It's still kind of gross. It is still kind of gross. But, I mean, she's 13 in the beginning, she's, like, 17 by the end. Right. But and when so they when they actually begin, begin to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so he is almost close to 30 by the end of it, but when they first meet, he's only 20. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I go Which to is think- interesting when you think about this book, and he's 15, five years later, he meets the love of his life. Right. So, so, but my, my point was, is that he feels like, I remember that moment was he feels very Mr. Darcy to me. Like when he first admits I'm in love with you and it's almost like I'm in love with you, but I don't know how to love you in that weird way. I agree with you. I think that in the wild magic books, he is that way. But I think in these books, I agree that he's completely socially awkward and like he like has a stutter and like he has all these things that are going on in the first book as a child. But I think that he is willing to love and like you know be emotional in this book like his relationship with orzon and with varice like he is incredibly loving towards them yeah and he they're like, definitely his rod and hermione he pours so much of his emotion into those relationships that i i don't know i expected him to react stronger to fozzy's death but then i also think from this point to from the point of the end of this book to the, you know, when we see him in, actually in Tortal, in Dane's books, um, I mean, something obviously happens because we know he and Orzone and Varese are, like, enemies yeah. in the in the Wild Magic books. So, so I'm wondering if he is so destroyed by something that happens between them, if that's what makes him so reluctant to express emotion and in, that in those later books. Sen- that would make a ton of sense. But my problem is, is that with this book alone, I feel like we can't gauge it yet because there was not enough in this book. I feel like it was so expositional and so just, like, let me set this up. Yeah, I feel like this book was a huge setup for what's going to happen now. I know, and that, but that's unfortunate. And to me, I and we've talked about this a lot, and I think that might need to be a whole episode of where we've talked about structure in books. And for me, I understand that plots don't have to follow the arc. I get it. I like them to follow Aristotle's arc because I like that. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like hero's journey, which right. is what we're building to here. My biggest problem is that there was no climax within this episode. No, there was not. So, so if you think about like TV shows, you know, often you see a TV show and within the hour you have, you know, you think about the crime ones, crime, 
evidence, interviews, da da da. Big climax. We realize who we get the reveal of who it is, and then we catch the bad guy. Yeah. And then sprinkled throughout there, you get that each episode, but then the whole season has its own arc that continues to build. And you get, like, you know, the end of Act 1 is, like, the winter finale or something. And then you get the end of Act 2, which is when the show ends. You know, the season ends. And that needs to be the same for trilogies, series, in my opinion. Like, you think about Dresden Files, which has, like almost 20 books in the series and there's going to be more each one is its own episode but then there are threads that go through at least five or six books and then continue to build on it and that i didn't get from this at all well and the way tamora pierce does a lot of her stories like we were just saying is she does them in these episodic ways so there's like you know, a chunk that's about this experience that somebody has. And then you skip to the next chunk about this experience that they have, which works really well in her other books. Like, it really does. But in this book, I don't feel like it worked because there was nothing... Even though, you know, those chunks had significance, maybe, they didn't have a mini arc. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't necessarily build to an arc. Like, a lot of times... Okay, so take Kel, for example. In um, Paige... Yeah, in Paige... There are a bunch of little mini episodes, and it covers four years. Mm-hmm. And over that period of time, each little arc adds something to it builds what Kel knows, or who Kel knows, or who who's important. And then the last part is her having some kind of triumph over um, the larger story because of all those little episodes. And that doesn't happen in this book. No. And that was what the, that was what one of the most disappointing things for me. Cause I felt, I felt like there were two opportunities where she could have done it. She almost could have split this into two books. I feel like the, the first part where I feel like something could have happened was when he was healing the sick. I was waiting for when he was in the infirmaries or whatever else and meeting the prince who dies. Yeah. The one who dies in the plague. Yeah. So I felt like that at the end of that, I felt like something could have happened there where, like, he has an explosion of power and a bunch of people are healed. Or he has a Jesus moment and he touches somebody and it's magically healed. Like, I wanted to see his build up to power. Like, we kept saying the whole time that, oh, he's very powerful. He's very powerful. But the only example we had that he was very powerful was that he pulled water up from the earth when he was, like, nine. You know, that doesn't... It, yeah, and that then, didn't cut it for me. Yeah. The second time that I thought something could have happened, and I really was really, 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 really mad on this one, because the whole time she's building up that Numair has this amazing sympathy for the slaves and the, right. tri- you know, the, the games that they have, and he has such an aversion to it. And then he doesn't do anything about it. And I thought at the end he would save somebody's life. Free Musinda. He would step in where he wasn't supposed to. Like, get some black mark upon him that led up to more of this betrayal that is obviously coming. That we know is coming. We know it's coming because we we have the end game of it. I just felt like there were two vital opportunities that she completely missed in order to advance his character. And I think... Those, I feel like she did those things, but just way too subtly. Yeah. Like, like, it's obvious at the end of the book that he's, his personality and what he treasures and believes in is drastically pulling away from what Orzon believes in. Yes. Like, that is a strong theme at the end of the book. But, and I get that I'm sure that betrayal or Numer saying something like, this is unacceptable and Orzone being like, well, fuck you. Yeah. It's going to happen in another book. 
but it should have, something should have happened in this book. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that was our biggest problem with all of it is just this nothing felt happened. like nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened. And then I also want to point out, um, the description of any romantic relationship that he had, he had a weird number of romantic relationships for someone so young. It was weird. I was like, how old is he? Like how old at, at this point, at the end of the book, I was like, he's gotta be like 17. And then he's like 14, maybe 15. So he's, he has like at least three girlfriends throughout yeah. it. Um, which we spend zero time on. Yep. No, but which I get like, he doesn't spend time on them, but like, I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the females in this book in a minute. You can yeah. finish. So, like, the first one, uh, Prisha or something. I yeah, when he, like, gets her the necklace and... He, oh, no, he makes her the necklace, remember? Or does he make Varese the necklace? He makes Varese the necklace. Okay. No, but the first girl who's, like, sounds like she's really dumb. Like, she's, like, described in a way that makes her sound stupid. Um, and, like, unintelligent and just not interested in anything that has to do with being intelligent. Yeah. Um... There's just no, like, he's obviously not in any way actually attracted to her. Yeah, I thought he was asexual for a really long time. I was like... But he's, but he's, the entire book, he's, like, mooning after Varese. Which is stupid. And then at the very end, it's, like, bizarre. They, like, get together really weirdly. I know, I thought that was so dumb. I was like, really? Really? I totally thought she had it for Ozorn. Like, she never showed any sort of affection towards him. And then she's like, oh, no, but really, I like you. And I'm like, oh, did you get rejected by Orzone? Well, that's why I'm wondering if... Because I know that he... I don't remember it as clearly as his relationship with Orzone, but he and Varisa, like, have a very poisonous relationship in the later books. Yes, they do. So I'm wondering if, like, she's actually just shitty. And, like... She might be. Like... She's kind of, she's, she's not very nice, like, in the thing, you know? Like, I don't she's know. very charming, but she might just be, like, incredibly manipulative. It may be. I don't know. I, I struggled with that one. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention is that Tamora Pierce, in her interviews, and, you know, made a big deal about writing from a male's perspective for the very first time. And she, like, kept making all these jokes about writing, you know, male going through puberty, it was lame. It was so stupid. Like, I was expecting so much more hilarity or awkwardness. Yeah, it was very... Um, it was so subtle. And I was like, why are we harping on the fact that, okay, yeah, the kid has, you know, gets morning wood. Got an Big deal. <laughs> like, what? And it's just like, my, my... What does he call it? He calls it something his stupid. Member. Yes, his member. Which I didn't even recognize he was talking about his dick for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like, I had to sit there and be like, what the f*** is he talking about? And I was like, oh... Well, that's not that big of a deal. And I don't know, maybe it's our modernness, but, like, I was expecting some story... I don't know. I was expecting some more of an embarrassing moment. And maybe because my head goes back to Alana and Kel, where it was huge deals for them when they got their period, when they started to look like women. Yeah. Because they were surrounded by men and stuff. And I was just like, all right, is this an example of male privilege? But then why are we talking about it so heavily in your interviews? Like... Don't hype that shit up if it's not in there. Like, I get that it was probably hard to write, like, just kind of not knowing what to write, but, like... She could have cut it out. It was in there, but not very much. Like, I think it would have been... There was very little comedic juju in this book at all. And her other books have funny characters, and there just wasn't anyone funny in this book. No, it wasn't entertaining. I felt like nothing happened. There were no characters I fell in love with. Even Numera, I was just like... Or Aram, I was just kind of like... I could pick it up, dude. Like, I was, like, Musinda was probably my favorite character in the whole damn book. I was like, can we write about Musinda instead? Musinda, 
Um, I really liked Sibo. Yeah, Sibo's cool. Sibo was the really awesome instructor, and the crocodile god, Inzi. Yes, I liked Inzi. Um, oh, I liked Preet. And Preet. I liked Preet. Preet the little sunbird is so cute and amazing. I was and like, yes. That's the, th- that's the first animal friend I think I really liked. Really? Yeah, I think it's dumb, but I mean, the griffin was cool. Um, I hate the, all the animals in Wild Magic, but I struggled with Wild Magic anyway. And then the cat. I just was like, why is there a cat in Alana? But the Preet, I was like, yes, please and thank you. She had so much sass. She was my favorite female in the whole damn book. Yeah. I, for me, I think I really love, um, Kel's dog. I forget her name, his name. Oh, I forgot she had a dog. I just remember the griffin when I think of Kel. Yeah, I, I loved Kel's dog. Um, and then because he's like, because it's after Dane's there and everyone, all the animals are like incredibly intelligent. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I guess it's just another thing that is part of Tamora's Pierce's formula is like, finds baby animal must care for baby animal. <laughs> like it's in every single story that she writes. It is. And often it's like one of my favorite parts. It is for me too. Because she writes those, those little animals so well. Um, and Enzi the Crocodile God is really funny. Yeah. And um, and I like, and the graveyard hag is always good. Yes. The graveyard hag was great, but nothing happened with her either. I was like, you got a dice. It's all set up. It's all set Big up. This deal. whole book, this 480 page book is set up. So this is another thing. So for Kel's quartet, there is a book. First page, first test is set up, but it's what? Less than 200 pages. Something like that. It's yeah. very short. And so it's, it covers her first year and it's all set up for like, you know, what she's going to have to go but through. But even that had a climax at the end because there was that whole, she had to prove herself to go be a page. You know right. what I mean? Like we knew it was going to happen, but you had to build up to that because it needed to move the story forward. I don't know a single thing in this book that made this story move forward. So I, Except that he grew up. So Big flipping deal. To play devil's advocate, I do know that I'm sure that the intention was that at the very end of this, when he and Orzon are kind of like kidnapped... And then he does, he draws the water from the earth again and controls it this time is the growth, right? Because it's like the very beginning, but no, no, I'm saying, but the very beginning. I just did a big eye roll. (laughs) The very beginning, he does that on accident. He can't control it. But at the end, he does it on purpose and he controls it. So I think it's like. I still argue you could have cut out 200 pages in the middle of that. I do not disagree. But I am saying that there's, there is obviously an intent for that to be the, like, you know conclusion of this you know his power has grown and his control has grown and he's on his way to becoming a great mage and all this other stuff is happening that we'll talk about later i'm not happy with that but i'm sure that that's what the intention was yeah probably i want to switch topics to the women real quick okay i am upset because tamora pierce is known for writing these strong amazing female characters and being one of the first female authors to come out and do that there were none in this book Sibo. Okay, cool. We get the old one teacher. Instru- one old teacher instructor. That's it. Yeah. The rest of them were portrayed as ditzy or not. Like, I was not having it. I was really upset, actually, by it. Like, the strongest female character in that book to me was a bird. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Well, and, like, Varese is strong, but also, like, not genuine in my... I don't feel like she's well, genuine. And But she's... I wanted him... I wanted somebody just better. And I, I think I would have... What is her name? The one who died? Fozzie. Fozzie. She would have been awesome. Right. 
She was awesome. But I think she needed more of a role. We like, barely, I, we, I think we maybe got, like, one scene with the lightning dialogue snake. scenes with her. Yeah, that's it. And I was like, I'm so upset by this, because... And she was young. Yeah, I was like... Which was nice, like, you know... But the mom was crazy, Varice is, like, manipulative, and there was not... I didn't... All the girls he is with are weird. And, and, and dumb. dumb. Like, I don't understand why that was looked over. Right. I mean, I get that you were trying to focus on a male, but don't make them equal. Don't negate the females. She did that so well in her other, you know, 12 plus books of making the females and the males equivalent. And I feel like that that was not the case in this book at all. It was really disappointing to me in that aspect. Um, because I, I, I just was looking for a character to like, and I swear I liked the bird and that, that I would, yeah. That's that's not okay for me. It's hard. Because if I didn't love Tamora Pierce so much and if I didn't know where this story was going, I don't know if I'd continue this series. I agree. If this wasn't if it wasn't Tamora Pierce and I didn't already know that the character was gonna be amazing later and I didn't wanna see what happens, I probably wouldn't continue. So do you think that she is relying too much on that then? I wonder if it's that she's trying to play to her audience too much. Like, she's trying to be like, I'm giving you Numer's story. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whatever that's gonna be, it's gonna be, and I don't have to work at it too well, much. Well, like, I would have much preferred that she focused on a story, like, because we read in Tortala Spies Guide that Alana's pregnant. Or, you know, there was a great little mini-story there about George and the cook. Right. And I was like, I want that stuff. This prequel stuff is not as interesting to me. It could have been, well, but what think, you did with it is not appealing to me. I'm also wondering if because it's Tamora Pierce and because she's such an icon and whatever, if her editors just, just like let, her, let her do it and didn't edit. Because this book is so freaking long! And there was so much useless crap in it. There was so much useless crap Like, in I was it. just like, why am I reading this right? Like, what? what is the point of this? This scene. What is the point of it? What is the point of this? You know? And I, I just wonder if her editors just didn't edit it. Because, like, like, you're saying, like, there is no hero's journey climax where there has been in all of her books before. And her books before have been much shorter. I mean, some of them are long. But they've all been much shorter than this one. And I'm just wondering if her editors were like, oh, she's writing again. Like, give it to her. Let her do whatever she wants. Right. Like, no, editors I Editors are important. Like, authors cannot function without editors. No. There is not an author on this planet whose book is just as good before edits as it is after. No, it doesn't exist. And any author will tell you that. I, and I, I think, truly, my, like, solution for this book would truly have been to cut it in half, have his first trial be the sickness. Yeah. And something happened there. And then his second trial be the games. Yeah. That's no, exactly I what I would have done. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that his um, entering the, you know, his learning and stuff up to going into the typhoid area and working with those people and, you know, learning how people are living in this place that has slavery and realizing that he's not okay with that because that's an that's that's another trend through this whole book is him realizing he can't just stand by and no. try not to engage with people that own, own slaves. Um, I think that would have been a great first climax, and I think you're right. I think it should have been like he does something miraculous in, in that... It know. could have even been bringing up the water again, you know, some cleansing something, and 
You know, but the other thing, even, too, is that, like, bullies have been a huge theme in Tamora Pierce's books. These yeah. bullies just, like, went away. Yeah. They did. It was like the, the, the RA yelled at them, you know, and it was like, bye-bye, you're a prince. Peace out. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? All of her other characters have had to stand up for themselves. He didn't stand up at all. It's just we were building to all this action and building and building and building and building and building to it. And we're still building. And nothing ever happened. Yeah, we're and still building. And I know we've said that like six times now, but that that was really what bugged me is I was just like... It just was so disappointing. There was no hook ever. Like it never hooked me to keep reading. Nope. I never had it. Tempest and Slaughter. Thanks for listening to this rant podcast. We really appreciate it. I promise that not all of these are the same all the time. We really appreciate your five stars. We also would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, if you loved it, tell us why. Yeah, please, dear God. And then also, but if you agreed with us, let us know. Or if you your opinion changed after listening to our podcast, we'd love to hear from you guys. And now you can hear from us by reaching out to us on social media. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram um, or comment on our Goodreads. We'll accept any friend requests we get on Goodreads, so we're totally done with that. Check out our website at yyya.weebly.com. Um, we're going to be uh, talking next time about um, series we're not going to finish. Yeah. That's so, a, another sassy and... But this one will be sassier. Negative. I think this one we were much more critical, but I think sassy well, will I come out in the next one. I have no desire to be sassy about Tamara Pierce. I love her. I know. I, I think don't, that's what it is. I don't want to hate on her books. I just couldn't... I can't say much nice about this one. And our next book for next month is that inevitable Victorian thing. That's right. Yeah. Which so I'm very excited for. I'm so excited. I, I can't wait to get a copy of it. I think I'm going to read it after I finish reading Children of Blood and Bone. That's where I'm going to go with it. Yeah, and I'm going to start it sooner rather than later. Because unlike last month where I did not... Ex well, this is the thing. I didn't expect this book to take me so long to get through because I thought I was going to be really excited and just like speed through it. And that's not what happened. So Nope, not at all. So that's why it's late. But deal with it. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, guys. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Now go read the thing. <laughs>